DJ Jenkins, I've got an important question to Hello. kick things off. Um, in and out or five guys? Oh, oh, in and out. I would be kicked out of the state of California if I said five guys. This is this is this is not even a question. This is this is this is I'm born and raised in Southern California. <laughs> it is uh, it, it 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 is required to uh, thank God at all times for In and Out Burger. And the blessing that God has bestowed on us that it originated from our great state. And I could I could never <laughs> go against uh, God's chosen uh, burgers uh, See, despite I, I, despite so many disagreements. I, I, I knew you were <laughs> gonna say that because the secret of this question is this this is a question of how California are you? And every That's right. and it's That's right. we'll need to go back and listen, but I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure the answer to this question follows regional lines. If you're if you have access to In and Out, your choice is In and Out. That's not even surprising. That's not even. It is so. It is so, In and Out is something. It is something so um, culturally Southern Californian too, uh, and Californian in general. But it it's one of those like. Um, it, it it's it feels a part of you if you're from Southern California. It feels like. Um, and and any attacks on in and out are taken personally. <laughs> no, it's like it's like how, how dare you? Uh, it it is so is so much more than a just hey what what tastes the best or what you know. It it is uh, it's amazing how much of a um, cultural thing. I think a lot of ways. I think it's like Chick Fil A for a lot of people from the South. Hmm, Chick Fil A yeah. is not just a food item. It is kind of yeah, a way it, cultural way of life. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that's totally true. You know, and I yeah. think that's a that's kind of a microcosm of how In and Out is in a very different culture. You know, obviously than the greater South, but it's distinctly Californian. This, you know, the palm trees. The, yeah. The the cups the hit going back. To I even the, think like the logo you know. and everything like that. It feels very oh yeah very California. Oh yeah. Welcome to Ten Questions with Ten Pastors, brought to you by Gateway Seminary, with your host Tyler Sanders. Let me, let me introduce you. Uh, this is DJ Jenkins. I already said her name, but DJ Jenkins, you are lead pastor of Anthology Church in Studio City, California. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're born and raised mm-hmm. in Southern California. Um, you mm-hmm. left briefly, right, for college. Is that right? Am I remembering that right? I, I went to school. Actually, my undergrad was not far away from where the Gateway main campus is now. I went to Cal Poly Pomona. Oh, what was I thinking? Um, so just, you were in Arizona. Did you do something else in just, Arizona? I did go. Yes, when when uh, after graduated, and you know this goes with the calling to ministry, but um, came to faith through Crew, mm. uh, then called Campus Crusade for Christ at Cal Poly Pomona. Went on staff immediately afterwards, and uh, one of our assignments, kind of our main assignment before we planted our church in Los Angeles and Studio City was uh University of Arizona. So we were there for five years that's in Tucson. It. That's so it. that's where you got that's, that's where I got yeah, it. That's the connection. Yep. And uh yep. you left so uh you left your memory Tucson. was on. Yeah I, I, I don't it mm-hmm. was funny. I knew I knew it was something in Arizona. 
Uh, you're also a Gateway <laughs> alum. You earned your your MDiv. Yes. Uh, recently, mm-hmm. um, you're a you're a COVID mm-hmm. graduate, um, so you didn't get an official chance. To I walk, am sadly, but you did graduate, <laughs> yeah. so that's the most important. Thing. I did. I did, and uh, so I uh, so blessed by my time there. I was a um, uh, a cooperative program seminary baby, if you will. <laughs> like I, the reason I was able to go is because of the generous cooperation mm. of others within our denomination, and some of that connected to the CSBC, some of that connected to the wider SBC, yeah. of course, but yeah. um, and also some other people that were incredibly gracious to me, as well as family members and folks in the California Southern Baptist uh, community who poked and prodded me for years Mm. saying, when are you going to go to Gateway? (laughs) When are you going to go to seminary? And I said, as soon as I have money to do so. (laughs) And uh, by God's grace, uh, that was able to happen. And I feel incredibly blessed and and was so thankful for my time uh, at Gateway. Uh, that I was able to have. So, yeah. Now, one of the challenges in seminary is there's, there's always more to read, but now that you're, mm-hmm. now that you've graduated <laughs> and you have so much more time on your hands, what, uh, what are you reading right now? Like what's, what's next on your reading list? You know, the funny thing was after, uh, so w- when I graduated, I thought, boy, I'm going to have all this free time and I have all these books that I have lined up that I haven't been able to read because of, uh, you know, just the load of seminary reading. And then COVID hit and all the kids are in the house and there's 50,000 Zooms going on. And, <laughs> and all of a sudden my schedule is thrown out of whack all over the place um, during the pandemic. But I have sort of resettled back in. You know, right now I'm slowly working my way through Gentle and Lowly, which is a book by, um, I think, Gavin Ortland, I think is the is the author and um just a great meditation, not exactly theologically rigorous mm. <laughs> seminary type level, but uh, basically about how Jesus is gentle and lowly mm. and um, his burden is light and just a very much, much of a, a um, hit your heart on, oh yeah, this is why I love Jesus and follow him um, type thing. And then our church is actually starting um, to go through uh, a book that I believe I read in one of my biblical theology classes back towards the beginning hmm. of my time at Gateway uh, called The Drama of Scripture, uh, oh, yeah, which yeah, is yeah, a yeah. great, oh yeah, great book by um, uh, I think Craig Bartholomew and Michael Goheen, if I got the authors correct. Hmm. And it's just a great, sur- great survey on the brand meta narrative. Very accessible, not just you know seminary text, but also um, just accessible. So we're going to go through it as a church, and we're starting a brand new series on kind of walking from Genesis to Revelation using that book and content. And then, so I started getting ahead on that and reading, and uh, we'll be starting that series soon. So okay. those are kind of the two things I'm working on. Right That's now. good. Uh, and that, this actually makes a pretty natural transition for my next question, because um, it's about you and how you relate to your church, specifically through preaching. So I, my question is, it's kind of big picture. Like, how do you approach, like, big picture uh, sermon preparation, themes? You know, are you outlining a, a, a whole series, you know, for, like, going through a whole book? Or are you more topical? How, how do you approach big picture? 
Yeah, we, we, I, I am the one that probably probably drives most of the content. You know, our my other co-pastor and elder and leadership team. We talk about what we're going to do, but then I kind of really take the main thing. So I'll I'll talk about we did most of the time we're walking through books together. So we recently just finished uh, 22 weeks in First Corinthians okay. um, together, which is pretty wild to to think about. Um, and now we're starting this new series in the drama of Scripture uh, using that content. But as I walked through the book, so I looked, you know, did mapped out the weeks uh, way back in this would have been back in the spring before we started that. Uh, mapped out the weeks, um, tried to look at First Corinthians as a whole. And say what would work well for, um, you know, where the topics obviously uh, kind of split and um, able to see uh, what would be kind of a contained message while still going at a clip that would um, not leave us in First Corinthians for five years yeah, right, <laughs> together. Right. Because, look, you know, you could Paul, Paul with one or two verses sometimes, you're just like – Boy, I could just reflect yeah. on that for forever, or try to unpack it, or it can be very dense. Know. Yeah, there can be a lot. It, oh my gosh, yeah, yeah, yes. So I we we try to we try to we try to be, I would say in general, try to go in depth, but also a bigger flyover because most of the people in our church probably come from a, a younger Christian background, certainly. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people newer to the faith. Um, or to you know, kind of a general Christian worldview. So we're trying to do, we're, we're trying to do both a deep and big flyover to get lots of um, content in there and lots of worldview. So I'll take the big picture, break it down, and then week to week, once I have that kind of here's what I'm doing for the week, then I look at the passage itself, spend try to spend a lot of time reading and studying the passage, looking at some commentaries on it, um, and getting the big idea, if you will, or the big several ideas that are in the text. Um, And then from that, I've been doing this ever since, actually since uh, Dr. Wilson's uh, preaching class there Mm -hmm. uh, at Gateway. It was absolutely one of my favorite uh, being in his class was one of my favorites, uh, but have like a key takeaway that kind of here's kind of the main thing um, that this passage is about or the main couple things and break that down into that. And then um, if that, that, you know, for every passage can be different, especially if it's narrative or, you know, if right. it's, uh, if it's an epistle. Yeah. So I'll try from that, like, main takeaway in that main study time, then I'll walk through the three points the passage may have or the one main point the passage has, Mm -hmm. or if it's narrative, the kind of flow of it. And so that, that's kind of, it's pretty organic. I don't, I don't have like a strict, this is exactly what I do every time. Hmm. Um, A lot of prayer. I pray, (laughs) of course, Lord, (laughs) give me insight, give me wisdom, you know, give me uh, prophetic uh, insight into this that will meet uh, we'll not only get to what the text is actually saying, but also meet hearts yeah. in a way that will hopefully awaken and change lives and mold through the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's kind of probably the bigger flyover of what I try to do. 
Well, that's good because you kind of answered my next question too, which my, my follow-up question usually is like, how do you get from the, the text to the sermon? But you really, you really kind of outlined that. And it sounds, right. like, it sounds like you're trying to follow the text to even shape your sermon. Would you say that's true? Very much. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So I, I, one of the things I tried to do, and I don't know if I do this really well. I hope I do. <laughs> and we stress this in our church in general, um, is I want to communicate to our people. You know, sometimes you have someone go, well, that was a really neat way to say that. This certainly doesn't happen every week. <laughs> uh, but sometimes, you know, someone compliments you and goes, oh, I never thought about that or that mm. that was interesting or God really used that. And I, I try to preach in a way that shows people the ideas I'm bringing or what I'm preaching on is not coming from DJ's head. <laughs> it's not coming from right. because I am somehow super wise and wiser than everyone else. And aren't you glad I'm up here teaching because um, clearly I have more, far more insight than everyone else. I'm trying to show these are the things that are coming from the text themselves. And then I'm applying them hopefully to our mm modern day, our modern situation, our modern city, mm -hmm. so that my hope is they could come away going, when I study the scripture, because in some ways I saw where DJ shared this truth from the scripture from, I can do that myself in my own time. I can say, oh yeah, I can see that there myself and not just, you know, wow, that was great. I'm overwhelmed, but Boy, I could, that's never something I could learn on my own or whatever. Yeah. Because the power, the power is in the scripture. It's yeah. in the word of God, yeah. not in myself. Yeah. And I try to preach in a way that can communicate that to people. Yeah, that's good. I, I find that to be one of the more nerve-wracking things. Uh, I don't preach very often, but when I do, I, I'm always yeah. conscious of like, how am I... How am I presenting this text? And, and am I right. am I not just... Not just am I teaching like the message of the text well, but am I teaching, am I like providing a good example of like how people should approach the text right. and get the same, totally. the same totally. thing. Like I don't want to be teaching people a lazy hermeneutic or something like that or, right. or, you know, to skip steps or something like that. But, you know, and I think that's kind of subtle. It's kind of underneath, I guess, what you're, what you're actually yeah. saying. No, what's the totally. most uh, what's totally. the most difficult passage, or maybe area, topic, whatever kind of fits the question best? What's oh the most goodness. difficult thing you've had to preach on? I, so I uh, was trying to think through this, and I, this is probably because it's fresh in my head. Uh, we just went through First Corinthians, and First Corinthians, of course, has some uh, doozies of mm. uh, some passages in there. <laughs> yeah, so it's a, a wild. Uh, uh, wild letter at any time. Be, this is probably, I probably feel this more because we are, we are trying to be, we're trying to be a place that if you wanted to explore who Jesus is, we would be a welcome place that you could walk into our Sunday gathering, our Sunday service and do that. Um, and so I'm probably especially aware of things that are going to be particularly grading on the uh, city that we're in, the neighborhood that we're in. So we're in a very progressive neighborhood, obviously, like most of Los Angeles, but mm -hmm. even even so, Studio City is, is uh, uh, probably more so than your average uh, LA neighborhood. And so uh, anytime we hit on the topic of human sexuality in any way, anytime we're hitting on topics that um, 
reflect uh, gender and uh, uh, what God's design is, and that it's particularly tough to navigate, you know, as you can imagine. Yeah. Um, but we that's so you know we had single we had the sections in First Corinthians on singleness, and there's the uh, gentleman from from the church who apparently is. Um, uh, sleeping with his stepmother and the right. things in there yeah. that are going on. And so, so trying to that, that, that passage in particular, trying to communicate, um, here is God's design. This is why God's design is good. Uh, in, in the same way that the rest of, uh, the scripture and the call to follow Christ is always a call to, um, lay down yourself and your own rights mm. and your own ideas of of what my life should be and is in some way a call to die to self and follow this one that that hits on areas of human sexuality and uh and so trying to couch it in the big picture of following Jesus and not just what our people what most non Christians in our neighborhood probably hear is oh this is just another the stereotype of what Christians always say or whatever yada yada. Um, so that was particular. That's that, that's always uh, that's always unique and hard. We did a few oh, a few years ago did uh, Ecclesiastes. No, maybe this was about two years. This pre COVID I think mm-hmm. we did Ecclesiastes and that was a whole nother kind of uh, yeah. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, I bet. and uh, because it's such a different. And there are lots of different ideas on exactly, mm-hmm. you know, uh, what is uh, what is hyperbolic, what is, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, you know, intentionally, and what is, you know, it's it's just you can't approach Ecclesiastes just like literal verse verse, and uh, because you'll come out unbelievably depressed <laughs> if you if you do. There is hope in the book. There is good mm-hmm. news. Yeah. Um, but uh, so that was a cha- that was a challenge. But yeah, very different kind of than uh, than the cultural social hot buttons that right. are more difficult to communicate. Yeah, uh, here. Uh, you know, I didn't. I don't think I said this yet. Actually, I, I described you as the lead pastor of Anthology Church. You're also uh, a church <laughs> planner. Um, and, yeah, and uh, and that means you wear lots of hats. And so my next question is, what do you right. think is like a role, a pastoral role, or responsibility? Like, what's your sweet spot? And what's something you're working on? I don't. Uh, my sweet spot. I'm. I'm not even totally sure. <laughs> I think I'm okay. I think I'm. I think I'm pretty good at um, the. You know, our time in other places. I've spent some time. You know, being in the wider Southern Baptist Convention and Great Commission Baptist mm-hmm. uh, world. Um, you. you uh, are a part of a lot of people that are different than most folks from Southern California, for instance. Sure, and then yeah. we have the wider, wider CSBC world that being a part of, and then our time in Arizona too gave us some perspective of, Oh, this is life in Arizona. Hmm. I think in some ways God has uniquely, uh, we, we, we love Los Angeles. We love LA. Hmm. We love studio city. We love California. That is not necessarily, uh, true in a lot of the circles that we run in with uh, 
our uh, greater, uh, yeah. even evangelical Christian world. Sure. Some of the some of the way that I think a lot of times I hear, I think people, <laughs> I uh, I think people uh, approach uh, California. Uh, some followers of Jesus in our own communities approach California like Jonah approached Nineveh. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm I'm waiting, God. Well, right. I'm going to go sit outside of California now, and I'm waiting for you to rain down fire and brimstone. Yeah, on this wicked place, <laughs> and uh, you better do it soon, or I'm going to be really angry. Yeah, um, I love the book. Of, I love the book of Jonah. That's my oh, favorite my book goodness. in the Old Testament. So good. Oh, it's oh, it's just I could I could go on for for forever. <laughs> so I think I think I think God has given me some ability to love and and and. Um, uh, love our city and see kind of the realities of the idols and things that are here and Lord willing, stay faithful to the good news, stay faithful to conservative Orthodox teaching. And uh, uh, I'm hoping communicate the gospel effectively yeah. in uh, a challenging place like this. Uh, and so I think that I think that's my sweet spot somewhat. Yeah. And uh, I, I, it's easy. It's easy to see. Uh, it's probably easy to see examples of people falling to one side or the other, where it's mm. leaving biblical fidelity and or softening. You know how right. much you hit on. You know, let's skip over this difficult passage, <laughs> or yeah. you know, yeah. uh, you can, or or the worst examples of. That, that would lead into some form of, you know, theological abandonment of yeah. <clears throat> orthodoxy yeah. or going on the other side of just like, you know, let's, let's be Jonah and, and gosh, this place is so wicked and yeah. all the heathens. And, like a very oppositional uh, approach. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A oppositional approach. So I think that's, I think that's some of the sweet spot that, uh, God has given me, um, and in this something I'm working on, um, my wife reminds me of this a lot. In fact, we just talked about it the past few days, being able to communicate um, in a way that is more accessible and pastoral to people. Oh, okay. I can get to the point pretty quickly with a lot of things. And sometimes when I get to the point, I'm not always considering how I'm saying those things I in see. a way that is – receptive and uh, effective with mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. and not just, um, you know, uh, unhelpful. And so that's definitely an area that particularly feels uh, something I need to work on yeah. and um, asking the Lord to, you know, please show me what is my own personality? What is, um, even if it is my personality, what is, you know, a harsh word or harsh tone or mm -hmm. um, something that would cross a line and then what is just i want to be helpful <laughs> i want to yeah. be um you know pastoral yeah. in the, the calling god's given me and not just you know here's the truth take it or leave it deal with it you know yeah yeah so yeah well okay and uh this could be related doesn't have to be uh what's a uh, <laughs> can you give me like a specific swing and a miss you've made in ministry and I feel will. free to so, answer this. Uh, it can be a funny story. This doesn't have to be like, you know. Okay, yeah. Oh, like, look. This something should be, too I, painful. I, th yeah, this could be something, well, this could be something humbling, right? It's true, um, yeah. It's a, good, it's, a good, it's a good reminder that I don't have all the answers. I've certainly learned that a lot in uh, to trying to do ministry in Studio City. Um, you know, we did, years back, we uh, did uh, 
like a lot of churches, we did our, our first, like, like a big, once we were up and running, uh, our first kind of big Easter uh, event. Mm. So did this great outdoor thing. We meet at a, a rec center here in town and did this great, um, we did, we called it a, a Easter brunch because everyone in, in the world loves brunch in LA. <laughs> so we did like a, a brunch out under a tent and had bounce houses for the kids. And we had a cool coffee bar that we brought in and that was after the service. And so the, we had the service and everyone went outside and we had all these, you know, um, opportunity gift bags and Easter lilies and, and uh, free Bibles we were giving away. Re- really cool. It went, went really well. We've done it several times since then. And it's been very effective hmm. in terms of, uh, even in studio city, people, lots of people who wouldn't normally come mm. to church, come out on Easter. Yeah. And so we said, surely that would work too for Christmas time. Right. I mean, mm. it's, it's, it's the C and E crowd yeah. and, uh, you know, and you know, why wouldn't we, it's, it's Christmas time and, yeah. and we love Christmas. And so we try, I remember the year after that, we tried the exact same thing. So basically the same, I think we did some form of a mailer again, we did a, a version of not obviously an Easter brunch, but some sort of form of uh, um, Christmas themed uh, stuff that would be outside. And uh, I think we had my co-pastor dressed up in uh, um, in a, a Santa suit at one point. And uh, he's he's also a Gateway graduate, Steve yeah. Cabrios. Yep. Uh, so got his MDiv as well. So he's and he's Filipino. Uh, Filipino guys. So we had Filipino Santa at our uh, at our at our <laughs> after church Christmas event, which I loved. Um, and so we thought, surely this will be a great. You know, we saw so many people, so many new contacts, so much great stuff after Easter. We had next to no one come. I mean, wow. I mean, just like shockingly low, like our normal regular people, of course. Yeah. But um, just amazing. And and you know, we learned after we kind of. You know, after we kind of scratched our heads for a long time and kind of what the heck, you know, Studio City, by and large, very high uh, Jewish population, mm-hmm. very high folks, even if they're not going to temple on the weekend, um, their grandmas probably did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, they, uh, you know, they're they're they have connections to um, um uh, to Jewish cultural family activities during that season. And so uh, obviously Hanukkah is going on to that time. So a lot of people are doing other events around this time. We didn't do it on Christmas. Like we did like a week or two yeah. beforehand, but that's right in the middle of Hanukkah for, yeah. <laughs> for most of our Jewish friends. Yeah. Um, it's also right after the, the socioeconomic reality here is, is people are pretty wealthy compared to certainly compared to the rest of the country. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people totally peace out. As soon as the kids are out of school for Christmas, they are gone. Yeah. They are going, um, you know, it's a very strange thing when people say, you know, what are you doing on your time off? And they say, well, we're going to Paris this year yeah. or we're go- yeah. going to Ho- going to Hawaii again. Yeah. And, uh, and so I think we started to learn, okay, those two realities make for there's just not a whole lot of people yeah. around here that you could that it just strategically doesn't make sense yeah. to do um, some sort of any sort of big event at that at the, the advent of Christmas time. Yeah. So we have pivoted to let's just make sure our own church community is really cared for and mm. we're really you know focusing on the themes of 
Advent and Christmas as opposed to doing some sort of more outreach focused yeah. uh, thing. But we wouldn't have known that unless we, that, <laughs> unless we said, this is going to be great. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah. And then we said, ne- never mind. <laughs> <It's not great. laughs> uh, so, okay, DJ, what is something that you think um, a person really can't learn in a seminary classroom? Well, this is fresh on the mind, too. How to do ministry during a global pandemic. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I have shared a lot. I've shared a lot with people. I said, you know what? There was no and, and there was no how to do ministry during a global pandemic classic gateway. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. Nor, nor if you had talked to me about that at any point, would I have thought of that being right. indeed for, you know, what do you do when you're when you're. Uh, city or neighborhood forbids you meeting in person yeah. and and uh, you know uh, what is the definition of um, uh, when are we when do we cease being the church if we're not mm. gathering together in person mm. and all all of a sudden all these you know we, we've had like live streams and things before covid um, and but we're never trying to to emphasize those because that's like if you're sick yeah. or something you can't make it yeah. that's why that's there we, but we believe the you know the church is the gathering in person of of mm-hmm. god's people and mm-hmm. celebrating the life death and resurrection of jesus um and then all of a sudden we're not doing that for months and i'm going yeah. okay hold on are we we're well we're still the church definitely like <laughs> but lord how do we, you know just just kind of walking through all of this um you know all those things so that that that's kind of you know, we and thank God we're back. You know, yeah. able to be in person even of with course. the restrictions that are yeah in place here. Um, but but uh, but but that's certainly a uh, one that that has been uh, uh, on our minds as well as um, you know what do you, it, I know it's been a challenging time for a lot of pastors and churches, obviously. Um, over the last year and a half, but when when a lot of other places are doing something very different than you and are coming to different decisions mm. on when you should gather, when you should, you know, this, yeah. we have to, we have to follow what the government says. We don't have to follow what the government says. We mm. have, you know, we, what, what, do, what does submission to the governing authorities look like? Yeah. Um, and it's, that, that's been very um, challenging. And honestly, I don't think anyone would have would have thought that would be a part of uh yeah any sort of semer- seminary <laughs> yeah nor regular seminary uh curriculum yeah um but but it's been vi- extremely practical and in a lot of ways needed to yeah. think through those things and well, so that's like, been so many people uh, have had to deal with it you know it, this was not oh my like gosh. A, a localized kind of problem i mean this was really... yes nope and 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 mixing in there uh, uh, an extremely divided election in the mm-hmm. middle of it all. Yeah. Oh my goodness gracious! Yeah. I mean, just uh, you know, our, our again probably politically we're more homogeneous in our neighborhood than a lot of places. But I know mm-hmm. I talk to uh, pastors that are in kind of just very purple cities or communities where it's kind of right down the middle. Yeah. And some of the stories they shared about you know any decision you make either way, even if it's backed up by you know, we believe the Lord's leading us in this, and here's the scriptural yeah. reasons why, and and it's received as, well, you're just caving to one side or the other, or and just just heartbreaking stories of, of um, uh, of pastors trying to, uh, you know, 
if we're doing our job, we just want people to meet Jesus, know him more and, uh, grow in his goodness and grace. But, uh, but just so much of the political division and things seeping into or being received as seeping into your decisions. Um, and, and just really heartbreaking. So that's, that, that was, um, navigating all those things, uh, uh, can, can, can I learn? And honestly, I don't want to walk through. <laughs> I don't want to do it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there have been uh, there have been a lot of lessons that uh, uh, that have come out of that in terms yeah. of. Uh, you have yeah, to learn it on the field. Things, you yeah. know, you have to learn it. You your do. Hands are uh-huh. Yep. And there, there. It's just there's there's a lot of things like that that you just cannot. Um, you know, the other, this is outside of that. The other thing is, uh, the, you cannot learn in seminary, the knowledge that comes from living in your community and doing ministry there over Mm. a period of several years. Yeah. You just can't, there, there are things you can, you know, you can do all the demo, you can do all the demographic research. You can go visit it. You can interview people in the neighborhood. Um, you know, you can do all the things beforehand that any good church planter or minister, um, can do if they're going into a new place, but there you just can't, there's no shortcut to yeah. when you're really living in a place and you're really making relationships there and you're really getting involved and you're, you know, doing little league, uh, you know, AYSO soccer and you're doing yeah. um, volunteer things and you're meeting the police officers and you're talking to parents and all those things. You just, there's no shortcut to that. Yeah. It, uh, you can you just have to live in a place and minister there. Yeah. You yes. can kind of prepare for it, but you really, you have to be present. Uh, and probably yep. I would imagine yep. for a long time. Like I'm, I'm sure how long yep. did you, did it take you until you felt like you were getting that knowledge in studio city? I think so. We moved here at the end of 2012 and I think, you know, like, like for instance, the, the Christmas thing, right. Doing that thing. Mm. I think we did that in 2015, maybe 16. Um, and I, you know, it was, it was still after that going, Oh yeah, this is why. So I think probably around four or five years in started Mm. to feel like, okay, I think we're understanding more of, of, um, you know, what, what the needs and the, and the reality and things are. So at least that long. Um, and, uh, yeah. So. Okay. Well, that was an extra question. I told you I had 10 questions for you, but that was, that was an extra (laughs) one. Uh, what, uh, so kind of getting back to the seminary question and, and this is the opposite a little bit. What do you think is something that like any student, like the one thing a student must learn while they're in seminary? You know, I the things that came to my mind when thinking through this, there was one reality that that is extremely hard, and it wasn't easy for me at all. But you, there, learning the languages, learning the original Greek and Hebrew. Mm. Um, even though I think I took away, I, I most people that I I've heard from say, uh, you know, one really connected with me a lot more than the other, or one was a lot easier than the other for me. But I just, I, there would have been, there would have been no way for me to get that training on my own to, Mm. to learn some of the original language and to have someone who's an expert, uh, in the language, be able to walk through so that if I do look at the original language, I have some proficiency, you you know, you take, you take a year of Greek or a year of Hebrew and you go, 
oh my gosh, I could study this for 10 years and just barely be scratching the surface on uh, opening up the original languages myself um, and being able to study it. And it it also made me unbelievably thankful for the experts we have and the resources and logos and things that can go, oh my gosh, I know these are trustworthy resources uh, of of people who have studied who have studied these things for a whole career, and we are reaping the uh, the benefits of uh, their work. You know, their labor in the Lord really that yeah. is extremely academic, but but so helpful. Um, but I couldn't uh, the the languages. I would say big picture too. Uh, the 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 resources took away be, just going through the process of being a gateway or being in seminary in general i feel like i learned more of where to go and where i could trust good resources and things mm. cuz sometimes you just have no idea you know you have your pastor you or you know friends of yours you know or a place you grew up and but going through um you know, counseling classes, going through the languages classes, going through biblical theology. There's so much content out there and you want to find something that is both, uh, you want to find resources that you can depend on Mm -hmm. that will be both solid biblically, um, but, you know, uh, uh, applicable and relevant to where you are. And so just going through getting this kind of over the process of however many years, uh, you're in seminary, whoever you are, it, getting this the this uh, list or growing library of resources that you can trust because you had to read them too <laughs> when you're right. in your classes, yeah. right? And, yeah. and 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 some of the time you go, well, that's not going to be helpful in the future, or it feels like it's not going to be helpful. And then some of the times you're going, oh my gosh, I'm going to depend on this. Yeah. And I think this will be really helpful, you know, at this point in the future. Um, so that 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 is. Um, that's something so so uh, uh, useful that I'm so thankful I have, um, uh, you know, even, oh gosh, even some of the um, the Christian history uh, books that I have and to yeah. be able to go and, uh, oh my gosh, to know um, some of those things have been, have been super helpful. And then to, to be able to recommend to others, here's a trustworthy resource yeah. on that topic, or here's someone you could, you know, yeah. here is, uh, and I, I think at this level you could probably, you know, get it or then this would be too much for them. Cause it's, you know, was made my head hurt and it's right. probably not the best thing for yeah. average lay person. Yeah. Um, but I know this is, and I can re I can, you know, recommend it to them and, and whatever. So that's been, that's something you, you have to learn to get, get your, get your list of, of trusted, uh, resources, uh, and, and, and people, professors and things that you really, um, connect with or find, you know, particularly brilliant or whatever, make sure you, um, write down what they recommend <laughs> or ask yeah. them, you know, yeah. what would you, what would you recommend for, for this? So, Yeah. If you could, what advice would you give to yourself, like when you're like maybe your first year in ministry? Uh, the, the this is another uh, <clears throat> I should be this is a humbling thing, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, I think especially this this I, I knowing enough of being in ministry for a while, knowing enough of young guys. 
Um, I'm 40 now, so I'm not exactly younger anymore. Anyone who is younger is laughing at me uh, saying I'm 40 and remotely young. <laughs> but uh, when you're a younger guy, you tend to think, at least I did, I'm really clever. And I think I've really got this down. <laughs> and I think, I think once I get into ministry and once I am doing things, and this is my hyperbolic, ridiculous <laughs> DJ. Um, uh, boy, people are going to be so blessed when I'm in charge and I'm right. preaching and, yeah. and leading and surely everything is going to go so well. Um, and of course, you know, through, through time, I say the right things, but uh, you know, that I'm depending on the Lord. And that was all true, but there's new levels. When you get older, there's new levels of going, man, I really thought I had it figured out. And, uh, and the Lord was happy to uh, humble me yeah. and show me I didn't. Yeah. So first year DJ, I would say spend time praying more, mm. <laughs> spend time, spend time uh, on your knees and uh, 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 acting like uh, you're not the end all be all because you really aren't. And uh, and God is, and you mm. need Him. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And uh, and uh, that would probably be the best thing. You know, I try to think. Would I recommend a book or that? no? I just say, uh, you need God. <laughs> you need to pray more. <laughs> and you're not as you're not as clever as you think you are. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's what I'd say to first year ministry DJ. <laughs> <laughs> So you touched on my last question I have for you briefly earlier, but I I want to give you just a little bit of a little bit of time to to share the the full story here, and uh, that's yeah. really I just want to see just tell us how you met Jesus, how did you become a Christian? Yeah. Oh, so I uh, I try to do the Cliff Notes version for you. Um, I uh, grew up off and on going to church. Um, so, uh, primarily just my mother and I, uh, alcoholic father and split up, um, separated, uh, my parents separated when I was about eight, um, or so. And my dad eventually, uh, this is post college and things, um, succumbed to, uh, his addiction to that, uh, disease. But so mainly growing up, it was mostly my mom and I, and we'd occasionally go off and on to church. I had no, I look back on it. I go, I certainly had no um saving knowledge of the gospel or you know regeneration if we're gonna get into um uh, more theological language i i had some some i, I love how uh, tim keller um uses the phrase christian furniture like the mm. worldview background i had some of the christian furniture I had, I had the couch i had you know i thought yeah i thought the bible is probably true and it's probably the place for answers about spirituality. And Jesus was a good dude and uh, probably has something to do with being God. Uh, but none of that was really hitting my heart in a way that uh, changed my reality or, yeah. you know, going to – I wanted to avoid youth group and church. I wanted to watch football on Sunday morning <laughs> when I was in high school. Yeah. Um, all that changed. I went to college at Cal Poly Pomona. I was a freshman there. Uh, and, uh, knew that I wanted some relationships with people and, you know, college are supposed to make relationships and, um, had heard of campus crusade for Christ before from whatever, um, uh, the Christian furniture that I had at some point knew that wasn't, that's not a cult. I don't think I know I'm not right. supposed to go to cults, right? This thing seems legitimate. Yeah. Um, 
And and I still don't know because I avoided youth groups before that. I still I go. It's amazing to me. I look back and I go. I went and said yeah. But there were some of the staff there and some of the students that are still some of the staff and and students are still friends to this day, who were just genuine people who really love Jesus, and uh, you know were just like good people that we know in churches and in our lives who are just like. They're just some some great people who love and trust Jesus and want to help other people grow. And their uh, welcoming nature, eventually I started to um, – I was like, sure, let's let's do the Bible study. Let's do – I started doing everything. And, of course, started hearing the gospel quite a bit. The amazing thing was uh, I had enough of the furniture there, the Christian furniture, to – apparently fake people out that i did know what i was talking about yeah yeah and so no one no one did the like sit down we need to sit down with dj and kind of walk through a personal decision yeah (laughs) to place his faith in christ um and uh so i just kind of i would be in every bible study and be nodding my head and going "Uh uh uh-huh but inside i'm going wait hold up wait hold up i could be fully i I could be 100 percent forgiven Mm. of my sin that's the deal and i know i'd heard that before but but it was it was it was uh during those studies and then that you know over those several months of that uh, that was fall 1999 and um just uh it was like firecrackers going mm. off in my heart mm. uh and and, and kind of doing this whole but as i'm calm on the outside or whatever but but god on the inside i'm just going this is the deal. This is incredible. Like, why, why haven't I, you know, been about this before? And uh, I remember the bit, the probably the biggest moment was a retreat that uh, they called it fall retreat, and went to a fall retreat. And uh, there was a, a speaker there, a guy named Jim Sylvester, um, who was an old staff member within. I think he's since passed away hmm. um, uh, a few years ago, but an older staff member. And he said he went through uh, three talks that weekend and just had a list of uh, verses and the messages were 40 things that happen the moment you become a Christian and place your faith in Jesus. And it was like, you know, things like you receive a hundred percent forgiveness, your shame is taken away. And then verses after everyone, you know, you become an adopted son or daughter, you become of God, you know, you, and, and just 40 other things. I should really find that because it's probably really good content yeah, probably is, yeah. <laughs> that I could use at some point. Yeah. Um, and I left that weekend and went home and probably prayed the prayer about 50 times <laughs> to make sure I was good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think, I think I'm good. I think, I think yeah. I'm doing it right. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, uh, that, that, that's when I, I look back, it was somewhere in there that the, you know, the regenerating reality mm. of the Holy spirit came in and, and, and that, that was it. I was, I, 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 um, uh, I, I, I was sold. And ever since 19, fall 1999, um, you know, did a lot of my growing up in the faith with crew. And I'm so thankful to my time there. Went went on staff and did ministry for nine, campus ministry for nine years before uh, leaving staff with my wife and coming to plant our church in Studio City. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's been about, uh, goodness. Let's see. That's about, uh, yeah, 22 years ago now, which is amazing. Amazing to say. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that is, 
Uh, fantastic story, DJ. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. I uh, I appreciate you coming yeah. on and uh, and having uh, having this conversation with us and walking through this uh, these cash, these uh, questions with us. It's uh, it's been an honor, man. Yeah. Uh, it's my pleasure. I love you guys, and I'm so thankful for Gateway and uh, the investment that the school uh, made in me and uh, the impact you guys make uh, in our state, in our convention, and in um, the wider world. So happy to be a part of it. Thanks, man. I guess uh, I guess the next thing we need to do is like meet up for In and Out at some point. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> Have my see in and oh my god, the amazing thing about In and Out, it's so consistent. Every In and Out you go to, no matter you just know you're getting a burger that tastes amazing, and as long as the fries are hot, I understand the fries get cold, they're nasty, yeah, gross. You you know it's, but you get those hot fries, and it's just you're in heaven. Yeah, you're in you're in you're in Christian Burger, Southern California. You're you're exactly where you is what you are. That's right. That's right. So we have the special sauce on there. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So good. Every so piece, good. man. Every piece. <laughs> yep. Okay. Well, thanks again for your time, man. My pleasure. My pleasure. All right, man. Uh, God bless you guys. Yeah. Talk to you soon.